Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello. Justin, and his name is Matthew. Yes, it is. And we are, as I just said, Out of the Woods, a Yellow Jackets podcast. And oh boy, do we have an episode to talk to you about today. As as we do most of the time. <laughs> be funny. Well, you know, we have actually had episodes where we are not covering an episode, like when I'm just talking about the original pilot script. That episode is terrible. I, <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. Any episode suffers from not having your good self in it, my friend. But oh, oh, that's incredibly touching to hear. <laughs> but that one was extracurricularly terrible, even more so than you would expect from that. <laughs> well, let's let's leave that aside. We are not here to discuss that today. We're here to discuss uh, season two, episode three, digestif, or possibly just digestif, if you prefer, which is a. A drink you have after you eat a large meal, which... Hmm. Not like an intermezzo or whatever, which you have in between meals. No, no. It's, it's the opposite of an aperitif. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so yeah, <laughs> before we get into that, Matthew, what have you been up to lately? Uh, well, last night I watched a, a movie called Hashtag Alive. Oh, that doesn't sound very good at all. Well, you know, I kind of enjoyed it while I was in it. Right. It, it was kind of like this uh, Japanese zombie movie. Oh, okay, right, right. Like, right. Uh, he's, like, trapped in his apartment. And then, then he, like, meets this chick that's in the adjacent building. Anyway, um, I don't know. I kind of enjoyed it, as I say, when I was in it. But then looking back on it, I was like, oh, that, that didn't really do a lot. <laughs> right, right. But, you know, it was okay. I have to look that one up sometime. Or, or don't. Or, you know, alternatively, <laughs> don't. Um, that, that'd also be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I watched uh, a really quite good film called uh, The Hunt, which is starring uh, Mads Mikkelsen and is by the guy, the guy who directed uh, The Celebration and Another Round. And it is about Mads Mikkelsen as a sad sack divorcee being falsely accused of some unpleasant business and his whole life collapsing. It's a really fucking good movie. Directors really like to overuse the same people, don't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. It also had the other guy, uh, Thomas Bo Larsen, that's in uh, all of the... Say that again? Thomas Bo Larsen. Uh, how do you spell it? <laughs> uh, Thomas B-O-L-A-R-S-E-N. Oh, that, that was no fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to stop doing that bit. The director, uh, Thomas Winterberg, is the guy who does that. Ah, yes, yeah, so it is. And he's a, he's a fantastically talented director. And also, in that movie, to bring it's it back... got quite good ratings. It's a fa- fantastic movie. What, what the hell's a Jagten? Is that what it's called in Jagten. its native tongue? Yeah, you know how like in Germanic languages, uh, Jäger means hunter. So uh, uh, it's, it has the same root as that, uh, Jagten. What's Jägermeister mean? <laughs> the master of hunting? I don't really know. Yeah. That sounds about right. Anyway. <laughs> That'll right. do until uh, we get... Proven that it isn't. Gr- gr- great fucking movie. Listeners, watch all three of those Thomas Winterberg movies. I believe they're on a movie, or at least one of them is. But that is not what we're here to be discussing today. Today. Hasn't stopped us before, though. Nor will <laughs> it ever again. But today we are going to be discussing Season 2, Episode 3 of Yellow Dackets. Digestif. <laughs> Directed by Jeffrey W. Bird, written by Amini Rosa and Sarah L. Thompson. Matthew, what did you think of this episode? It was good. I, I agree. But I should say just as, as an assurance, if you don't enjoy an episode, you are allowed to say that, you know. I still wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> you, you sh- I'm only joking. I, I might. But you should. You should. I want you to case, give you... In this case, I wasn't even tempted. Yeah, no. It's, I love this episode so much. I think I, I love the first two episodes of this season, but this, I think, is in a whole other league. I, I This is in my top five, maybe even top three for the entire show. It is a fantastic episode. Some some people I see on the internet 
don't seem to like it as much. They have the attitude of like, oh, it didn't advance the plot enough. But like, A, I would argue it did, and B, a TV show cannot just be massive earth-shattering events happening all the time. You would get whiplash, you know? <laughs> Occasionally need to slow down a bit. J.K. Okay, Simmons would throw a symbol at your head. Yeah. <laughs> No, I think everything would have gone very differently if J.K. Simmons was their coach out in the wilderness. Oh, my God. The fuck are you doing? Gather more berries! <laughs> if you're listening, directors, uh, make that happen. Yes. <laughs> Talking of... Yeah, I love this episode. Talking of which, we open on Coach Ben deliriously chilling in bed. He uh, flashes back with a rather nice VHS static effect to a time before the crash when he was hanging out with his boyfriend, Paul, who is played by Francois Arnaud, at his apartment. He compliments Paul's clam chowder. They are very cute together. Uh, he's all like, oh, what did you... What did you uh, Paul is like, what did you think of the cumin? And then Coach Ben is like, yeah, no, it's good. And he's like, there is no cumin. What kind of asshole puts cumin in a clam chowder? Uh, Matthew, you know more about clams and their associated chowderhood than I. Uh, thoughts? I, I wouldn't be so sure of that. Um, <laughs> I'm just kind of stuck on that some people call it cumin, and uh, I, don't, mm. I don't know which one's correct. I think I it don't just largely depends on where you're from. I'm going to stick with cumin if it's all right to you. Yeah, that, that's fine. Uh, it reminds me of the, the evil guys in uh, Kingdom Come Deliverance. They're the cumins. Called cumins. Uh, <laughs> shout out to KCD. Um, <laughs> so, so you have never had clam chowder? I'm not really a big uh, seafood stew guy. Or yeah, right, right. Even a big uh, seafood guy in general. Not not a big fan of prawns or oysters so or you whatever. I mean, they're okay. And yeah. All that sort of shit. But Ever eaten a Morton Bay bug? Uh, I think I might have tried once. <laughs> that is... Didn't, didn't the marketing department bowl a wobbly one on that one? <laughs> We've discovered a new type of prostration. What do we call it? Ah, oh, Morton Bay bug. <laughs> that's what people want to put in their mouths but no no um so you do not think there's anything inherently wrong with putting cumin in clam chowder uh i mean as i say i'm not really an <laughs> cool. expert true, true, true. <laughs> but yeah i i'm not, I not really a big cumin guy either <laughs> as uh this podcast's biggest fan once made fun of me for doing i once put nutmeg in noodles so yeah but uh, you know that's that's probably uh not even right up there with uh, the top uh, culinary atrocities you may or may not have committed. Indeed, indeed. There was a time in my life where I regularly drank spirits mixed with tomato juice. <laughs> I mean, isn't that just like uh, one of those things? Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'll think of the thing. I'm sure you will. But yeah. <laughs> Never mind. I'm basically... Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary, yes. As a person with an unrefined palate who is just sort of happy to eat anything that fits in my mouth, Ben is basically me in this scene. <laughs> ben says that Paul is taking this chowder fest they are about to attend a little too seriously. Paul replies that he knows, and that if he could relax about anything, he would. Yeah, I feel that, bro. Ben says that he knows a few relaxation techniques, and they start making out. It's, it's cute. It's really cute. Uh, Matthew... I don't know about you, but this scene extremely gives me the vibe of we're giving you some backstory on this character so you feel even worse when they die. <laughs> yeah, they're uh, counting down to eating him, aren't they? Mm. Sad. Back in reality, things are a little less cheery, as they so often are. Nat is sitting out on the deck, staring at Jackie's desiccated corpse with a fairly haunted expression. Ty walks out, sees Jackie's bones, and is like, What the fuck? Yeah, she freaks out and asks what happened. Nat tries to stop her from seeing the bones. I, I like that little moment. I like the dynamic between Ty and Nat. I'm glad they've progressed beyond one of them saying, don't you have a bong to hit or a dick to suck to the other. I <laughs> uh, hope we see more of them together. Van runs out to comfort Ty. Ty's all like, something ate her, something ate Jackie. And Van is like, oh, babes, we ate her. Yeah, you like literally <laughs> ate her face. <laughs> oh, such a good line. <laughs> Ty seems to genuinely not remember this. She protests that she wouldn't do that. Yeah, and, uh, Ty starts gagging, freaking out, runs off to the side. Ty says that she must have been sleepwalking. And Van is like, but you talked to me. You were looking right at me. A theory. Maybe Ty wasn't actually fuging and she's just in denial. Of that, more later. Ty remains unconvinced. Van then, I mean, you said it, but like, Van says one of the best lines of the season so far. Ty, you ate her face. <laughs> yeah what is it I think that the 
the various portions of the human body that you choose to eat probably say something about your personality. Apparently, yeah. the cheeks are supposed to be a delicacy. Right. So is that what? To be like one of the best cuts of meat on well, animals. Well, that's the bit that she ate. Is, is that what you would go for if you were called upon to eat a human body? I haven't really given it a lot of thought. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> fair. I feel like most people haven't. <laughs> I, I've always thought maybe a flank, you know, like a bit of thigh. That could be nice. Yep, the thigh is good too. Yeah, Ty freaks out, gags, and screams. We cut to the credits. Fantastic opening scene. Oh, you, <coughs> you skipped over my opportunity to say, my nutrients, they have escaped. Retrieve <laughs> them at once. <laughs> <laughs> Great fucking movie. Did you know that Adult Swim aired that movie in its entirety while it was still in theatres on their channel, but for all but the first five minutes, they played it in a tiny, like, five by five pixel window in the corner of the screen. <laughs> that sounds like something Aqua Teen Hunger Force would do. It very much does. Uh, cut to the girls shuffling around in the cabin. Mari deadpans, so I guess no one wants breakfast. <laughs> uh, very understated reactions, which makes sense given how fucked up everything is. Nat suggests they move Jackie's bones to the plane so she can be buried when the ground thaws. A seemingly fairly catatonic Shauna sends to this plan. Ben comments that if you bury her out there, it'll look like she died with the flight crew. Let's hope the investigation don't find the bone marks. <laughs> Everybody chewing on them. You mean teeth marks? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you, you don't call it the thing that it is. You, oh, know? you, you didn't skip over the Carl Weathers bit, did you? I did. We'll... Plenty of time for that, my friend. We, 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 we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if I, somebody stabbed me, I wouldn't say, oh no, I'm full of body marks. <laughs> I mean, that, that'd be funny, though. That would be funny. We cut to present Lottie, meditating with some upset lady named Trinity, unfortunately not played by Carrie Ann Moss. Nat watches this through the window and then decides to wander about the compound, encountering some creepy cultists as she does so. She then discovers a private cabin with, hmm, some antlers mounted on it. How interesting. Lisa is sitting on a nearby bench, stroking a chicken, and says, uh, looking for something? Nat asks what the building is. Lisa replies that it is Charlotte's quarters, and confirms that it is locked. I wonder what she's hiding in there. My first crazy thought is that she was just har hiding Harvey in there. <laughs> And he's just still alive. He's like, let me out. Uh, probably not. Lisa then decapitates said chicken with an axe. Brutal. Nat says that one should never swing an axe that close to one's hand. She could end up hurting herself. Cut to adult Ty drifting off to sleep in a hospital room. She hallucinates Sammy freaking out and a severely injured Simone being like, is this what you wanted? Uh, Ty wakes up and asks the nurse how Simone is doing. The nurse replies that she's not out of the woods yet. <laughs> I'm going to assume that the creators of this show listen to and love our podcast, and that was a reference to it. <laughs> going to continue to assume that. Uh, yeah, the nurse comments on the design that Ty drew on Simone's hand. It is the symbol from the woods. Fuck. Uh, Ty clearly doesn't remember doing so and says that it is for protection. Interesting. Ty hastily smudges the simb and kisses Simone's hand. Sad. Cut to adult Misty exiting her car and approaching a docked boat as the song Seether by Veruca Salt plays. Which I presume you didn't think much of? Yeah, no, not Th really. You probably thought about as much of it as you do of the band Seether. Yeah, which so is not a lot. Misty is greeted by Walter, played by Elijah Wood who rules. This is his first proper appearance. Misty asks if he stalks everybody on the boards, or if she's just lucky. He replies that he was just finding a nursing home for his mum. He then admits that he's been a fan of her posts for a long time, and jumped at the chance to get out in the field with her. No spoilers, but I think this guy might have bitten off a bit more than he can chew. A uh, pun, perhaps, intended. She then asks that what's with the boat, and he says... You never know when you might need to leave the country sans passport. Uh, Walter, I don't think you're outrunning police speedboats in that thing. Yeah, no. Uh, Walter, That's a houseboat. Bro. Yeah. Walter alerts her attention to the approaching witness, who is, drum roll, Randy! Yeah, a lot of people predicted this because he's been staying at the hotel, but 
Yeah, Randy fucking rules. <laughs> Randy is an absolute legend. Misty rushes inside and upbraids Walter that she's known Randy since elementary school. Uh, Walter then suggests that she talk to him via an earpiece and feed him questions. Uh, Misty agrees, but opines that Serrano is an overrated play. It is boring and verbose. I can't claim to have an opinion on the matter. And the reason the reason says that is that the plot point of telling somebody else what to say in your stead is a big plot point in that play, which is about a charismatic yet ugly man getting a hot guy to pretend to be him. Oh, okay. On dates with this chick, and then the chick is like, I don't care about your appearance, you're cool. And they all lived happily ever after. Oh, that's nice. Apart from all the people that got decapitated. Um, <laughs> Randy enters, and Walter prepares to interrogate him. Cut to Jeff and Shauna, chilling at a diner. Jeff then says, seemingly apropos of nothing, it was the strawberry lube. A waitress hilariously turns on her heel to avoid them after he says this. Jeff recounts a story where they got strawberry lube for someone as a gag gift. Shauna suggested they try partaking of it, but Jeff maintained that, I think this stuff is for bisexuals and goths. <laughs> a shout out to bisexuals and goths. Jeff pinpoints that as the moment where the spark of their marriage died. I could have gone strawberry. I almost did. But he didn't. Jeff seems to think that Shauna banged a cool artist guy because he is boring. Oh, sad. Shauna protests that her affair wasn't about Jeff at all. I, I love the performance of both actors in this scene. Uh, apparently, it made her feel like she didn't know what was going to happen. And she liked that. So, so essentially she's saying that she banged this guy not because he was boring, but because she felt boring. Later. That seems like a bit of a cop out to me. It, you know, I think it is a bit of a cop out to be honest. I don't think it's a cop out. It's partially what this dude is boring. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Yeah. Um. They. Oh, I love this. <laughs> Later, as they are driving, Jeff spontaneously suggests they go to Colonial Williamsburg in Virginia, which is presumably some kind of historical reenactment village. <laughs> I wonder if it's like that bit in South Park where they're not allowed to break character. <laughs> I think it might be very much like that. I went to one of those ones. I really annoyed the guy that was running it by telling him about internet. <laughs> yeah. I, I was a child at the time. But yeah. He's like, ever churn butter? And she's like, I have actually in first grade. And he's like, well, then we'll do blacksmithing or something. It's like, Jeff, I love you, but if this is your idea of a romantic, spontaneous getaway, you're still boring. <laughs> <laughs> just em just embrace it. The world needs boring people. Sometimes they're the best people. But then, their fun plans interrupted when they appear to run into a guy. Oh shit. Uh, they freak out and go out and say they'll call an ambulance. But it turns out this guy was just pulling a Joel from The Last of Us and is uninjured. He holds them up at gunpoint and demands their keys. While his attention is focused on Jeff, Shauna, oh this fucking rules, body slams him and steals his gun. Oh, what a fucking legend. Jeff then tells her to put the gun down and struggles with her, during which time the fellow gets into the van and fucks off. What the hell, Jeff? She had it under control. Yeah. Although I might have done the same in his shoes. You know, it's easy to... Monday morning quarterback. Uh, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah. And then Jeff was like, What is the matter with you? Are you Rambo? And, oh my god, I want to see fucking Melanie Linsky eviscerating people in Burma. Yeah, she can't do a worse <laughs> job than Sylvester Stallone. I, I don't know that a rock that somebody's glued some googly eyes to could do a worse job than Sylvester Stallone. Or even The Rock. <laughs> you know, well, I'm not the biggest fan of The Rock, I'd yeah, like to see him be in, like, an X-rated, hideously ultra-violent, like, action movie. I think that would be cool. That would be an interesting, like, swerve for him. That's obviously... He's got to protect his fucking family-friendly image, but, you know, I want to see him, like, strangle a guy to death with another guy's intestines or something. Yeah, that would be cool. That would be cool. And I, I love the line where Sean was like, I had the gun, and Jeff was like, well, you should not have it! <laughs> uh, Jeff asked her if she was really going to risk their lives for their piece of shit minivan. Sean was like, no, uh, her purse was also in there. And some cross trainers she just brought. And some quarters. And Mr. Schwoozums. Mr. Schwoozums. So fun to say. <laughs> Callie's stuffed bunny chap from when she was small. Yeah, much more reasonable in light of all that information. Oh, yeah. Mr. Schwoozums. Schwoozums. I love, like, 
weird little one-off plot lines like this that are only a thing for this episode and are not part of the overarching plot. That's one of my favorite things about shows. Although, it might tie into the overarching plot, but uh, we'll get there. Cut to adult Nat hanging out with Lottie beside the sign-up sheet for fun cult activities. Lottie says that she should sign up for some nebulous activity, but Nat says she's not really a joiner. Lottie leads her out to the cult's beehives. This this whole scene has a lot of great foreshadowing and, like, post-shadowing, I guess, from their perspective dialogue. And Lottie says, In the winter, the bees cluster around the queen and vibrate to keep her warm. And that is like, how thoughtful. <laughs> Which is a great line. And Lottie's like, when a new queen hatches, she stings all the other unborn queens to death. To which Nat replies, I can see why you like them. <laughs> Lottie replies that it isn't brutal. It's natural. Uh, it can be both, actually. Otherwise they starve. We all do. Yeah, a pretty clear reference to her murdering and butchering people for the good of the group. Can't mm. wait to get there. Cut to the past. Nat is putting Jackie's bones in a bag. Uh, Lottie appears and gives her some special spirit tea, which she refuses to drink. And Lottie's like, I just want you to be safe. And then Nat is like, yeah, sure you do. Travis appears and asks her if she wants him to come. She doesn't. As Nat departs, Travis and Lottie look concernedly at, at each other. Shauna stares longingly out of the window at Jackie's departing bones. Have you Have you seen... I think it's on either the show Scandal or How to Get Away with Murder of this large African-American fellow saying in a dramatic, thunderous voice, I want my bones! I don't think so. I've never seen the context of that, and I never want to. But it's amazing. <laughs> it sounds it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm guessing that that is just... Well, we'll get to that. Lottie walks inside and tells Shauna that eating Jackie is what she would have wanted. Matthew, do you think so? Uh, it's hard to say. I, yeah. I imagine while she was alive, she wouldn't have. I, I have to say, I think Jackie would be like, No, fuck you! You don't get to eat my... Fuck you! You guys just starve, okay? Yeah. Yeah. But maybe, you know, when Jackie in ghost form can move on a bit more, she can appreciate the necessity of it, but hey. Yeah, you know, depends on your perspective. I suppose so. So yeah, Shauna seems unconvinced by this. She's like, but I wanted it too. She she feels really fucked up, and like everything's out of control, and Lottie is like, you can't blame yourself. We all did it, together. Shauna says that she is terrified, that she worries that she might, she trails off, but Lottie says, hey, you're going to be a great mom, and you have all of us to help, and it's going to be a beautiful thing. Um, I don't think so. <laughs> hey, not to, you know, not to call my shots, but I don't think that is an accurate statement for what is going to happen in this storyline. Shauna doesn't seem convinced by that argument either. Lottie says they should do something to welcome him. Shauna is like, him? Yeah, Lottie has seemingly just decided that the baby is a male. Amari is like, are we having a baby shower? Misty seems inordinately excited by this, and all the gals start talking with each other. They're thrilled to have something to distract them from their horrific situation. Cut to the present. Walter is interrogating Randy. This scene is so fucking good, dude. <laughs> the great part about this scene is that the entire time, well, most of the time, Randy thinks he's being interrogated about the blackmail plot. It is a fantastic comedy of errors. He's like, what are you hiding? Perhaps you're covering for a friend. And Randy crumples immediately and is like, like, Jeff? <laughs> and Walter is instead says, Natalie's Catorcho. Did you see her the night she disappeared? Randy seems surprised and relieved that it's actually about Nat. He's like, dude, I don't even remember what socks I put on today. Which, me. <laughs> and then uh, Walter asks her what Natalie was doing. He's like, I don't know. Probably in her room doing drugs. Girls always had issues. And just, he takes exception to this and is like, hit him! <laughs> I love Christina Ricci's delivery of that. Uh, Walter excuses himself. They argue for a bit. Oh, yeah, he's like, oh, sorry, I have IBS. <laughs> it was funny. Misty is all like, he once made Joe Fazio eat a frog during recess. Bad cop is the only way to break him. 
So yeah, Walter gets out and starts pummeling Randy. <laughs> it's so good. He's like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> we cut back to the past. Ty and Aquila are making a, a, a changing table thing? Aquila says they should add another piece to the sides because babies love to roll around. Uh, her older sister has a kid who was four months when they left. And then Ty is like, I'm sorry you're missing out on him. God, that's so fucking sad. Uh, Aquila informs us that her nephew laughs non-stop, like, all the time. Telephone rings and he thinks it's hilarious. Again, also me. <laughs> and then she's like, guess I'd kind of do anything to see him again. You know, even though they don't refer to it explicitly, I think the whole subtext of that scene is like, so that's why it's okay for me to eat people. Because I have to see my loved ones again. We have to do what we have to to survive. Hashtag stay alive. Quite. <laughs> I think I'll have to watch that at some point. Even <laughs> though the title doesn't exactly make me think it's going to be great. Yeah, and it's on Netflix, so it doesn't have to. Yeah. Yeah. Mari is making a mo- mobile. It's, it's, it's in The Dark Knight Rises, Bane says the word mobile in a funny way. Yeah, she's making a mobile with a curious, like, steak motif. Like, there's, like, a sharpened steak hanging off For a second, it. I thought you meant, like, a piece of cow or oh, something. Oh, great. Just remind him of how starving everyone is. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah. Van is like, uh, good thinking, Mar. The baby can dream it's being stabbed to death every night. <laughs> Which, you know, hanging out with these guys. Yeah. Uh, Mari defends it, saying it is abstract. Mari then hears... A strange dripping noise that nobody else does. Of that, more later. Misty and Crystal are brainstorming gift ideas. Misty says that at her cousin's baby shower she ate an entire tray of deviled eggs. Wow, she is literally me. And then Crystal is like, too bad they didn't listen to your broth idea. And, okay, here we can make the Carl Weathers <laughs> reference. She's like, still a bit of meat on that, Jackie. You got yourself a stew going. But yeah, no... They really should have just done that. Like, if you're willing to pick the flesh clean from her bones, you can soak the remaining flesh clean from her bones, you know? Yeah. Like, what? it's a weird place to draw that line. And th there's still marrow in there, you know? Mm -hmm. Just don't let Jackie go to waste over there. Indeed. So, yeah, the two of them bond over cannibalism and talk about how they actually kind of enjoyed it. And Crystal is like, uh, this wasn't the first time I've ever eaten a person. Which I became Stewie saying, say what? <laughs> but Crystal says that she, in fact, absorbed her identical twin in the womb. And she says, I like to think I'm channeling her when I'm up on stage. Which, ugh. I already liked Crystal, but this episode made her start shooting into my, like, absolute highest tier of favourite characters. Because that absolutely fucking rules. <laughs> Misty says that she is in awe of those who can just become someone else, slip into someone else's skin. This gives Crystal a gift idea. Ben hobbles inside and hallucinates Jen, the girl who was being mean to Crystal in episode one, foaming at the mouth and attacking him. Fuck, it's it's terrifying. Uh, Maya Lowe, who plays Jen, she, sh she has a career ahead of her in, like, horror movies or something, because she's terrifying as she lunders at him like some hideous wild beast. Yeah, this is, this is amazing. So, if you're ever looking for uh, something to do later, you know, do that. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. Horror movie directors cast her. Also, I saw an interview with her. She, she seems really nice. Ben then flashes back to making out with Paul. Paul grabs Ben's keys in an effort to subtly say, move in with me, dickhead. <laughs> ben protests that he doesn't want to, as the girls might be able to take states this year. But Paul's like, you always say those girls are vicious little monsters. <laughs> Which... Oh, you had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Ben's like, yeah, they are, but that, you know. Shut up. <laughs> ben says that moving in with Paul means that everything in his life changes and that he doesn't get to demand that. Paul says that that may be true, but he doesn't want to be with somebody who's not ready to live that life with him and says that Ben should probably leave. Sad. Yeah, this is, you know, when you keep reliving that moment in your head where you just made the wrong damn decision and you're just constantly wishing you could go back and change it. But you can't. You're all going in the same direction. Yeah. Cut to Nat heaving Jackie's bones onto the ruins of the plane. She tells her that she's lucky. 
because she thinks that shit is going to get a lot worse out here. She's like, you're already dead. It's a way to make everyone jealous of you one last time. <laughs> Which is so fucked up. She says that she's sorry. But the bones don't hear. Nat then spies a moose outside the plane. She tries to shoot it and misses. The moose then charges the plane and then fucks off. Was that because she didn't drink the special tea? Ah, so you had the theory that maybe the moose isn't real? Yeah. That she's just hallucinating meese? Yeah, maybe it's a spirit moose or some junk. Yeah, or she's so out of her mind that she just is seeing things everywhere. That that would be interesting. I personally am of the view that the moose was real, but, I mean, maybe we'll see. Cut to the present. Uh, Walter is still interrogating Randy, and he's like, I'm answering your questions. There's no need for violence. Walter then starts activating a bone saw, which you kindly told me that's what that was. Thanks for that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and then claims that he can fuck Randy up as much as he likes because they're in international waters. They aren't even a little bit. (laughs) He's like, think harder, Randy. Randy racks his brain and eventually says that he noticed some purple guys, like a wacky club or something. Walter asks if he had any interaction with them. He says that uh, no, but he did call them dicks for drinking all the Fanta out of the vending machine, <laughs> which is amazing. Don't you think they should be drinking something purple, like grape soda or something? Maybe it was grape Fanta. Oh, yeah, they have that. I forgot. They do. They do. <laughs> Misty then says he's useless, and so Walter says that Randy is free to go, which he does quite rapidly. Shout out to Jeff Holman as Randy. That dude is a tremendously talented comedic actor. I... I mean, maybe he's also good at non-comedic roles. You could picture him being like a violent Shakespearean torturer or something. <laughs> or maybe you couldn't. But in a funny way. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, we'll have to see. Cut to the past. Crystal tells Misty that in terms of getting into character, she has to keep failing to find out the truth about them. Then Misty is like, what if I never find what's true? Crystal responds, then you found the biggest truth of all. We're made of lies. All of us. Fuck, that's brutal. (laughs) And then, slightly later on, Van sleeps beside Ty. Ty bolts awake in a fugue mode. Van also wakes up and is like, if I let you loose, can I come with you? Phrasing? (laughs) Sorry. Fugue (laughs) Ty creepily replies, yes, come. (laughs) Terrifying. And she's, as Van is following her through the woods, she's all like, how do you know where you're going? And then, yeah, Jasmine Savoy Brown is so good and so terrifying as Fugue stacks Ty. There's a weird sort of like low tone to her voice. Oh, it's so, and she's all like, he shows me. And Van is like, who is he? And then she's like, the one with no eyes. And, and then Van is like, is that who you always follow? And she's like, only when she lets me. And Van is like, who is she? And she's like, Tyson. So, so yeah, this suggests that Ty has some control over her altar. How interesting. Ty walks up to the tree with the symbol on it, and then she wakes up with a start. Van shows her the symbol and tells her that she was, tells her that she sold her. She was following the one with no eyes, and she's like, "Who the fuck is the man with no eyes?" Ty says, "I don't know. I'm not going to share any of my trauma with you. What do you think this is? I'm going to keep everything inside until it rots me from the inside out." <laughs> Who the fuck do you think I am? That's what she would have said if she were more honest. But yeah. Confirmed that the bad one is capable of speech, and it wouldn't surprise me if later on Van is taught... Also, is is there going to be a weird love triangle with Ty, Van, and herself? <laughs> that would be weird. Maybe. Because we know from episode one that the bad one wanted to make out with her. And also... She, yeah, probably gets horny too. Yeah, yeah, she's only human. Or is she? <laughs> well. But yeah, um... I, I wouldn't be. It wouldn't surprise me if there's a later scene where Van is talking to Fugue Tie, and then she's like, "Yeah, no, I that wasn't me who ate Jackie's face. That was all her. <laughs> she just she just blacked it out." A very similar plot point occurs in the book Rise of Kiyoshi. But yeah, cut to Jeff and Kevin in the gym. This scene's really cringy. I love it. <laughs> Jeff approaches Kevin, gets up in his face, is like, "Hey, you really upset my wife the other day," and Kevin is like, mm, "Shona was upset." <laughs> Which, and Jeff realized, oh no, that sounds incriminating. So he tries to walk it back. He, you know, tries to claim, he's like, hey, I know my wife. We've been married 25 years. You got some bad intel, man. Yeah, Jeff and Shauna are a couple of dumbos. Uh, yep. Kevin 
tells Jeff that someone told their investigator that Shauna was stepping out on him. And Jeff is all like, I know her. Blah. And they really just, he seems to incriminate himself further in that scene. Yeah, him Dumbo. <laughs> He's a Dumbo, I love him. Cut to Shauna in the present being dropped off at a pretty fucking dodge-looking car place. Like, it did not look amazing. And uh, she walks inside and over here overhears this greasy, you know, chain-necklace-wearing Italian dude. Again, I'm Italian, I can say that. Talking to his girlfriend on the phone and calling her cat disgusting, <laughs> which is such a weird little funny detail. And then she then holds him up at gunpoint and asks where her minivan is. He claims ignorance and is like, See, the thing is, it's one thing to point a gun at a person. It's another thing to use it. Come on. I can see your hands shaking. This is cute and all. But I don't have time for it. And then she interrupts with one of the greatest monologues on the show, which I am just going to do. I like, had a feeling you yeah. would. Have you ever peeled the skin off a human corpse? It's not as easy as you might think. It's, it's really a stuck-on-it skin. <laughs> you have to roll it back. Just, just the edges of it. So you can get a good enough grip to really pull. Which, again, isn't easy. People are always so sweaty when they peel them. Just like, like oily. There's a look people get when they realise they're going to die. It's that one. My hand wasn't shaking because I was afraid. It was shaking because of how badly I wanted to do this. And he's freaking out. He's like, don't. Just take it. It's rusted the shit anyway. It's okay. Keys are right here. Just take it. And Sean was like, thank you. And we both had thought this scene would be so much fucking funnier if the guy is played by Carl from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. That would be amazing. Hey, just take your fucking van and go! Yeah! <laughs> Shauna then gets in her minivan and pants with fear and exhilaration. She is the most herself when she's doing something fucked up. And that fact terrifies her. Cut to the past. Ben is flashing into a fantasy. He's talking to Paul. And he says that he decided not to fly to Nationals with the team. Uh, and Paul's like, well, why? He's like, Ben says that he realized that if he got on that plane, he was committing to the saddest possible version of himself. He doesn't want to keep ignoring what he wants in order to keep himself safe. It, Stephen Krug is fantastic in this scene as a villain in general. He says, I'm going to live how I want to. Oh, so cute. He's, I'm going to be the person that I know I am. They embrace... And hug, it's really beautiful. This is, yeah, Ben imagining how much better things would have gone if he'd never gotten on that plane. <laughs> yeah, and can you blame him? You extremely cannot. And I think this is going to be like a a persistent sort of sub-storyline for the next few episodes of just like him going to his alternate reality when things get too fucked up. Until he like nearly dies of sepsis and gets eaten. Yeah, it's going to be so sad, dude. Cut to Shauna in a rather fetching baby shower crown with feathers on it, being given a changing teepee by Van. Supposedly, this is to catch the urine when he is being changed, if indeed he is a boy. Van saw one once at a party emporium, and Mari's like, I don't get it. It's like, what's there to get? You, you put it on the dong. Well, not we, hopefully. <laughs> 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 quite yeah i love the the subtle thing of like lottie starts referring to the baby as he so van who believes in lottie starts sort of like following her lead oh it's a great little moment uh miss oh this is so good. okay just to say that's it i'm not going to do this monologue because that would get kind of tedious <laughs> but misty performs a monologue from the steel magnolias the monologue is about sally field reacting to her daughter's horrific death it, it rules. I, I love this so much because it's Samantha Hunrati as Misty as Sally Field. And she does a slightly lame, half-assed southern accent, but her, her performance is so layered and 
is so fucking good. It's and like Inception, bro. It, <laughs> but no, yeah, and every every all of the other girls are so like they start out d- derisive mm. of it with derisive laughter, but then they get so into it. It's also horrifically inappropriate, as you know, Ty points out. Did she really have to choose one about a dead daughter? Absolutely not. <laughs> I know it's it's maybe the most inappropriate choice of monologue you could give other than the one from train spotting about the dead baby but you know that's just mystic for you yeah she's she's amazing she's so fucking good at it everybody applauds her this is straight up one of the best scenes in the show i love when she goes i want to hit something i want to hit someone i want to hit him hard <laughs> i want to hit him hard <laughs> yeah everybody applauds and appreciates it Except for Shauna, who is seemingly the only one who realizes how fucked up it is. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> so good. Cut two. Modern Ty in front of the mirror, as her terrifying reflection stares back at her. And it, yeah, it seems uncoupled from her. She's facing into her dark entity. Oh, it's so good. It, it mouths a phrase at her. She can't hear it, but I'm pretty sure it's go to her. Yeah, I reckon that's what it is too. And she covers part of her face with her hand with the eye exposed. What an interesting thing for her to do. Yes. And I think we might find out a little more about this next episode. But yeah, uh, Ty's assistant Bethany appears and talks about downplaying the scandal of the car accident and her having amphetamines in her system. Uh, Ty doesn't really give a shit. She uh, commandeers her assistant's car and walks away, calling Jessica Roberts. I'm afraid Jessica can't come to the phone right now. Why? Because she's dead! (laughs) Or maybe she isn't. Maybe they're going to pull a weird twist. Yeah, wouldn't put it past them. But no, I think think she's dead. Cut to Misty and Walter, charismating. (laughs) Charismating. (laughs) Crymanthosomes! Cut to Misty and Walter, commiserating. Sorry. Cut to Misty and Walter <laughs> commiserating on their boat. And Misty says all they have is a purple people lead, which I love. <laughs> it's like that, that Limistro bit about Scots not being a, about able to say purple burglar alarm. <laughs> they dither about before Walter realizes that they can just trace the Fanta purchases at that vending machine. Ah! He says that he can hack into it. And. They're really excited to be going on a road trip. Before they do, though, Walter asks Misty why she keeps downvoting his Adam Martin posts. She spins a fabulous but completely convincing lie about her knowing Adam's mum and wanting to keep the fact that he was a suicidal drug addict from her. Yeah, such a fucked and sociopathic thing to do. Cool, though. Walter seems sceptical. Like, I I don't know about you, but I, I read his expressions out as like, hmm, you're hiding something. Yeah. Which you're not wrong. Very much not. Uh, Walter reveals that the lady he's dropping off at the nursing home wasn't his mum. It was just a random woman he knew who was being evicted. <laughs> Which fucking rules. Uh, when asked why he went to such efforts to contact her, Walter says, maybe I'm just a bored Moriarty looking for his Sherlock. Um, You do know how that story ended, right, Walter? <laughs> it ended with Moriarty going over a waterfall. And originally Sherlock Holmes doing so as well, but then because Arthur Conan Doyle wanted to just retire to be a goalkeeper, which is very on brand, but then people kept badgering him to bring Sherlock Holmes back, so he brought him back. As you do. Yeah, it was the... The cash cow ain't quite cashed yet. It was the retake Mass Effect movement of the 1800s. (laughs) Cut two. Shauna depositing Mr. Schwoozums beside a sleeping Callie who snugs up to him. Cute. Yeah, Shauna be like, I, I, I don't even like my daughter. Also, Shauna literally risks death and murder and holds a guy at gunpoint while she's under a police investigation to give her daughter back her Mr. Schwoosoms. As you do. And that's the, the Sadeki family all over. Jeff asks, how the heck did the van get back? It, dumb joke. Uh, funny joke if like the character of the van was just there in their p- house and she's like, hey guys! <laughs> <laughs> I am Ven with Ven. <laughs> but no, Shauna seems to indicate that it is better that he doesn't know. Which it is. 
cut to adult Misty getting a text from Walter, telling her that the charge was traced to the made-up-sounding location of Cherry Falls, New York, and that they're going on a road trip. Misty seems unsure, but intrigued. And then we go. This really aggravated me because I hate snapping fingers. We cut to a group <laughs> sharing session at Lottie's compound where somebody just finished sharing and they get a lot of applause and also some snapping fingers. It just, ah. Does it annoy you because you can't do it? Wow, okay, just out me in front of the audience as somebody <laughs> without the ability to finger snap. But no, I've never been able to do that. I think my fingers are shaped weirdly. And it haven't, in the show, made with uh, What's a Chop's uh, Margaret Qualley, which is a good show. It's a good show, but where she's at the group with the other mothers and they all share their stories and they all finger snap the people after they do so. It's precisely the thing that I hate. Thank you for illustrating it. <laughs> You're welcome. Ah, it aggravated me so much. I think that might have caused that show to... That, that alone caused that show to drop a full half-star rating for me. <laughs> anyway, um, after this is over, Lottie asks Nat to volunteer. She doesn't. Uh, Lottie claims that this is a judgment-free zone uh-huh, and asks if there is anything in there that you would like to share with the group, to which Nat responds, fuck no. Lisa, the fork-stabbing victim lady, has no such hesitations and says that Natalie hurting her made her feel fear. And dis- hurt, obviously. Well, yeah, I get what I'm saying. <laughs> and disappointment. I thought she knew we were trying to help her. And then Nat is like, I don't need anyone's help, which is just her all over and Lisa is all like we saved your life the actress who plays Lisa is really good Lottie invites Lisa to explore her anger and hands her the fucking fork from before what the and it's like if you feel the need to hurt Natalie back I want you to do it like what the fuck that's fucked bro that's not a thing in fair it's like okay come with me on this do you remember the bit in Dragon Age Inquisition where Solus and Varric are with Cole and they find the Templar that killed the real Cole that Spirit of Cole based himself off of? Spoiler alert for a game that came out eight years ago, nine, like nine years ago now, Jesus Christ. And um, Varric just gives Cole his crossbow and is like, you can kill him if you want. He's like, but I knew he wasn't going to do it. He's like, how the, in, in both cases, I'm like, how the fuck did you know they weren't? You know, you're staking a lot on your fucking knowledge of people. But I guess, I guess Lottie... Uh, to answer your question, yeah, I do vaguely remember. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think Lottie likes to dance close to the fire. But uh, Lisa decides not to do so. She, in fact, hugs Nat and cries and says that she understands. A bizarre yet heartwarming scene. And one that shows that Lottie employs some thoroughly unconventional therapy practices. I mean, she is a weird cult leader out it, in the indeed. middle of the wilderness. Indeed, and I think things are only going to get weirder. I think <coughs> I think a lot of the people in that cult are going to end up dying horrifically. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, um, Lottie gives Shauna... Uh, back up, cut to the past, where Lottie gives Shauna a baby blanket, which she's appreciative for until she sees that it has the symbol on it. This causes an argument where Nat points out that this, those symbols were carved in the floor around, quote-unquote, a dead guy's fucking corpse, <laughs> which I love. It's so redundant, but, like, people say dumb shit like that in real life. It's a good little detail. Yeah, like ATM machine. Yeah. Espresso. <laughs> Lottie says that, that she thinks that he was using it as protection, to which she responds, He died, Lottie! Uh, an argument happens. Ty is like, She's not God, you guys. There's a big hullabaloo until Shauna starts bleeding from her nose, and the blood falls on the blanket, which I think could be important later. A thudding on the roof alerts everybody to some dead birds that just fell from the sky, to which Mari responds, Did these guys just suicide on our roof? Yeah, do you think they were dead like before they hit the house, or do I, you think they died hitting the house? I think they just dropped dead in midair. That, yeah, it was a bit bizarre. It is a bit. Shauna drops the blanket. She seems to not be a fan of Lottie's whole deal. Nat tells everyone not to touch them because they might be diseased, which is probably good advice. But Lottie says, we should gather its blessing. Yeah, there's a... Some folk do so, like Misty and Van and Crystal. There's a great shot of Ty and Van looking tensely at each other. Yeah, it really emphasises the divide in the group. 
and it really emphasizes Shauna turning against Lottie. She seems really grossed out by this and chooses to walk inside. A very important episode for Shauna in the past. We come to the present, where adult Lottie is hallucinating that the beehives are covered in blood. Which... I don't think that can happen. Yeah, no, they're cold-blooded. If Blood would not be red. If we have any uh, beekeepers listening to us uh, shout out, <laughs> please, please do let us know if, if that's a thing. Only I could ask a contra for my work, which I probably could. I should do that. You should. should send her a message. Send her a message. But uh, I, don't, I don't think that's how that works. No, I don't think bees bleed red blood. I don't think they bleed it in that amount. Well, I mean, obviously, it's a hallucination. But yeah, Simone Kessel is amazing. She reacts with such fear and dismay and confusion to this. A cultist comes up to her and she hallucinates her saying, Il vous descend, which means... It wants blood. She returns to reality and sees that everything is normal. It wants blood and it shall have it. Oh, sorry. Fucking forgot to mention, during the dead bird scene, the song Bells for Her by Tori Amos is playing, which I loved. But it has some really weird lyrics, like we go at each other like blankets. (laughs) And we commented that uh, it seems like she writes by filling a big cannon with fridge magnet letters and aiming it at a fridge. And whatever comes up, comes up. Which is amusing to me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Can't really recapture that original magic, but hey. <laughs> but no. The, the Fuck, this episode was so good. It was just essentially nothing but amazing scenes from beginning to end. It just... Uh, I, would, I would call this episode the blood hive. Uh, appropriate, given that it features a literal blood hive. But yeah, I would call this one the... The, the Blood Hive of Season 2. It's an episode that doesn't have any absolute, like, mega earth-shattering events, which, as I said before, is fine. But it's just a really great, fun, hilarious, all-round episode. Truly amazing scenes. I am... If this if the Season 2 keeps up this level of quality, it could be better than Season 1. And if the things being foreshadowed are as amazing and fucked up as they're being foreshadowed to be, I think it has a good chance of doing so. Uh... Maybe we'll finally find out what happened to Harvey. And yes! Cabin guy. Yes! All that shit. I, I think we'll definitely find out what happened to Harvey. We'll probably get more hints with Cabin guy, but I don't think we'll learn everything there is to know about him this season. Anyway. Have, have they been confirmed for a season three? Yes, they have. Yeah. I believe they're actually currently writing it now. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should come out sometime in 2024. Oh, we're not out of a job yet. <laughs> That's all, folks. Be well. And remember, we're not out of the woods yet. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.